0: we we'll- It's hard to believe that it's Christmas time, isn't it? I mean, it just seems like already Christmas is here toward the end of the year, and of course, you and I are in this season in which we are looking forward as we're celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus. Let me invite you to take your Bible tonight and find Luke's Gospel in chapter number one. And for maybe you are new to Church of the Island, let me introduce myself. My name is Alan, and I'm one of the pastors, Uh, and so it is uh, just a blessing for me to be here tonight. And uh, I'm kind of glad that tonight we're inside. It, It really, the temperature kind of dropped kind of rapidly. The wind's blowing. I'm kind of glad we're inside. Amen. Amen. But Christmas Eve, we're going to be outside, cold or not, we're going to be out there. So bundle up, and uh, hopefully it'll be nice and cool for this Christmas season. I was thinking, as Pastor David was talking about inviting people to come to our Christmas Eve service, is that there is a message that we are communicating. There is a message that we've already really saying about tonight. There's a message that I believe the people in South Mobile County and on Dolphin Island. It's a message that that they need to hear, and that is if they they would seek the Lord, he will hear, and we can trust him. God cannot fail. It is against his character. It is against his nature. He is for us, and he cannot fail. You believe that? I hope that you do, but it's a message that folks all over this island need to hear. Uh, There is a sense, as I'm gathering now, there's just a sense that people have a, a sense of hopelessness, and, uh, and they need to be told that there is hope. And uh, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Well, we're in this... Um In this Christmas season, we are studying what is called the birth narrative found in Luke's gospel. So we're kind of studying, moving toward Christmas, toward that Christmas Eve night, is that we're just kind of studying Luke's account of the birth of our Lord. It's called the birth narrative, and we know very little about Luke. In fact, really the only thing we know about Luke is that it's generally accepted and believed that Luke was a doctor. Luke was a physician. And uh, and other than that, the only thing that we know is that Luke wrote the gospel according to Luke, and it's generally accepted that Luke wrote the book of Acts. And so because of Luke, we have much of the New Testament, much of what we know, much of what we believe about the Christian faith comes from Luke And Luke's account of the birth narrative is very unique. It's very different than the other gospel accounts. And so we're kind of making our way through that, looking toward as Christmas Eve we celebrate the birth of our Lord. Last Sunday night we gathered here at Church of the Island and uh, we studied together that uh, very special announcement that was given to Zachariah and Elizabeth of that miraculous birth. that she being uh, at an advanced age, her and Zechariah, that, uh, and the Bible says that her womb was barren, but miraculously, she is going to have a child. And so the Bible tells us last Sunday night, the last verse we looked at, I believe it's long, verse 25, it tells us that she went and hid herself. She went and hid herself for five months until it was obvious she was showing that she was Pregnant. Now, the passage you and I are going to study tonight picks up on the sixth month, the sixth month of uh, Elizabeth's pregnancy. But it's in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse number 26. And uh, if you're new to Church of the Island, one of the things that we do, just recognizing the authority, the honor of God's Word, is that we stand together for this initial reading. So if you would stand with me, I'll read out loud. You follow along in your Bible Or you can look at it on the screen. But the Bible says that in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name, what? Jesus. Jesus. And he will be great And he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, Well, how how can this be since I'm a virgin? Now, verse 37, a verse that we all should take to heart and have uh, just memorized in our very souls, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, well, behold, I I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God. Of God, you may be seated. Can I ask you a question as you're finding your seat there? How many of you have played? Are familiar with Jenga? Raise your hand if you ever played Jenga. Raise your hand. Most, most every one of us. Ashley, have you played? I don't know you are. All right, very good. Ashley, are you good at it? Pretty good. I'm, I'm sure you're very good. Uh, Jenga. So if you're not quite as familiar with, with Jenga, let me tell you a little bit about it. There's there's 54 little, little blocks of, of wood, 54 of them. They're stacked 18 stories high. There are three little blocks on each level. And each of the players that play, you are to, to remove a block and then put it at the top without toppling the the tower over. It's it's a fun game. And if you've you've ever played, here's a couple of things that you learn as you play Jenga. One of the things that you learn is that there are some blocks that are just unnecessary. Uh, They're they're not supporting. They're not a part of the structure. They're really just unnecessary. And you just kind of poke them or you pull them and you rearrange it. So there are some of the blocks that are unnecessary. There are other blocks that are absolutely essential. They are foundational to the structure and the stability of the tower. So that's one of the things that you know when you learn about Jenga. What I want to say to you tonight is this, and the reason I talk to you about Jenga is that I want to make a statement to you, and I want to make sure that you, you get this. In fact, I want you to kind of catch my eye. I want you to put a smile on your face so I know that you got it. What you and I just read about the virgin birth and the DNA of Jesus is foundational to the Christian faith. It is, it is absolutely essential. As a matter of fact, if you toss out the virgin birth, if you toss it out, the, the DNA of Jesus, the, the roof of the Christian faith just collapses. So it's important that you and I in this study together. We take some time tonight, and I want to show you in the Scripture how crucial, how essential this is to our faith, to what we believe, and even the forgiveness of sins. So I want you to do something first, if you would. I want us to kind of look, if you would, back at verse number 36. We'll put it on the screen here. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So Mary, of course, is a virgin, and the angel says to her, Well, Mary, you have found favor with God, and you are going to have a child, but not just any child the Christ, the Savior, the anointed one. He will be called Holy, the Son of God. And so the angel says to Mary, well, even your cousin Elizabeth in her old age, God has done something miraculous in her. She is already in her sixth month. She is going to have a child. So we read about this miraculous thing that God has done in the womb of Elizabeth. Well, what I want you to, and you probably know this, but actually, we actually read about that kind of miracle all throughout the Bible. As a matter of fact, in Genesis in chapter 21, we read about Abraham and Sarah, and Sarah was 90 years old, and God did the same thing. God miraculously opened her womb, and Sarah conceived and had a child. We read about it in 1 Samuel in chapter 1. We read about a, a young woman named Hannah, and Hannah desperately wanted a child. And you know what God did? God did the miraculous. God opened her womb, and she conceived, and she had a child, Samuel. So we actually read in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, God doing this miraculous thing in the womb of certain women. But what you need to understand, and we need to make sure that we have in our minds and our hearts, is that what we read here in Mary is much more, much greater than, than a, a, an opening of a womb. It is a virgin giving birth to a child. I mean, this is phenomenal. This is, th- th- I'll tell you what this is, this is impossible. It is, it is biologically, physiologically, it, it is scientifically impossible. But here we read it. And it's crucial, it's essential to our faith. So if you have a pencil or you pen, three or four things I want us to, to understand about this truth as we think about the DNA of Jesus and the virgin birth. Number one, the promise of Scripture. Because of the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, it had been prophesied that he would be born of a virgin. In fact, one of those passages, Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And so the virgin birth is, is key. It's tied to the integrity Of Scripture. In other words, what I want you to understand is that the same Bible, that same Bible that you're holding in your lap, the same Bible that says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that same Bible says that Jesus was born of a virgin. And what I want to say to you tonight is this look up here. You can believe the Bible, you can absolutely believe the Bible. Now, let's go back to our passage of Scripture in verse number 27. And in verse uh, 27, um, to a virgin betrothed to a, a, a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Let's do a little math. Let's pay attention. How many times do we read the word virgin in this verse? How many times? Very good. Not a trick question. Two times, right? Two times. All right. And by the way, so we read two times in this verse this word virgin. For 2,000 years, there have been so-called theologians who have said that Mary was not a virgin, that Jesus was not born of a virgin. In fact, they have these same theologians have said this, well, Luke says that he was born of a virgin, but... Mark doesn't say that. John's gospel doesn't say that. In fact, the apostle Paul doesn't mention that. In fact, it's really just Luke and Matthew are the only ones. And so these so-called theologians will say, well, we've only found it in a couple of of the New Testament uh, passages, and so therefore it must not be an essential to the Christian faith. But I say to you, it is essential, it is crucial, and we're to learn even more tonight why that is. Well, there's a couple of things to, to encourage you if you would say, well, I, I have a hard time believing because it is impossible, right? It is biologically impossible. Well, a couple of things uh, to help settle this for you. Number one is um, there, have been, there have been those who have said, well, when you read that word virgin in the Bible, it can be translated uh, young girl well here's the truth. the truth is in the Hebrew uh, that that is true it could be translated but here's what you need to know about this particular verse right here. Uh, the word virgin there is the Greek word Perthenos and it absolutely it only has one translation virgin. And so, if there's any question, could this be translated, Luke chapter 1, verse 27? Could those words that are translated, virgin, could they be translated? No. It's absolutely clear and precise in the Greek language. Let me give you another bit of evidence. Uh, Luke wrote this, and what was the profession of Luke? Was he an attorney? Was he a fisherman? No, what was he? He's a doctor. So now, listen, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have MRIs and CAT scans and PET scans and all that. But here's what I absolutely guarantee you about Dr. Luke. He knew about human biology. And not only was he a doctor, he was a historian. We studied that our very first week together. And here's what I'm saying to you what he wrote, he absolutely believed that Jesus was born of a virgin. Ultimately, what I'm saying to you tonight is this. When you read it in your Bible, you can believe it. All right? So number one, there's the promise of Scripture. Number two, there's the purity of Mary. The purity of Mary. Let's look at uh, the next verse in verse 28. And he came to her, that is Gabriel the angel, and said, greetings Oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. And we read earlier tonight about Mary as the angel came to her and to to give her the news. Well, it does say, and we read it earlier, that she lived in a small town, a small village uh, called Nazareth. Now, scholars tell us about Nazareth, that the Jews in Nazareth kind of had a bit of a, a reputation. The Jews in Nazareth would do business with they would barter with the Gentiles. So other Jews in other regions looked down on the people from Nazareth. They looked down on them. Uh, I mean, in fact, here's what we know. We actually know that years later, as a word began to spread that Jesus was the Christ and Jesus was the Messiah, and uh, people would talk about the miraculous things that he did. And do you remember on several occasions they would go, now where is he from? Nazareth, and remember what they said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, that's the reason why. The, people, the, the Nazarenes had kind of a bit of reputation. Well, that's where she kind of grew up. That's where she lived. For all that we know, she grew up in a, in a normal home, a normal family. We know that she did love Nazareth. God she not only loved God but she evidently fell in love with a young man named Joseph and she loved him and they were betrothed together now that that betrothal uh, arrangement that happened in biblical times it was it was much more than an engagement it, it lasted about a year it was a legal arrangement now they were not they didn't live together they were not to consummate the relationship but it was a legal binding uh, in which the only way to break it off was by a divorce decree. And that's what Joseph was considering doing when he was told that Mary was with child. And you remember this same angel, Gabriel, who appeared to Mary, came to Joseph in a dream and a vision, Matthew chapter one, verse number 20. But as he considered these things, that is to, to quietly, the Bible says, "Divorce Mary. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit." The angel said, "Joseph, it's okay." What is conceived in her is of God. Here's what, here's what the angel said to Joseph. Joseph, Mary is still pure. Now, let's, let's think about that. Over the last couple of thousand years, there have been some extremes when it comes to Mary. Uh, there is this one extreme in which there are some who deify Mary they they worship Mary, they pray to Mary. in fact, there are those who actually give Mary the title queen of heaven. And so so there are those who teach and there are those who believe that Mary is the queen of heaven. She is the mother of God. There's this same idea that uh, Mary um, was, was eternally a virgin, that she did not die, she ascended into heaven, and she sits at the right hand of the Lord Jesus Christ right now there are those who believe that. And therefore, they pray to Mary and they worship Mary. Well, let me tell you about those six things. Those six things are not found here. Those six things are not found in in the Bible. Now, what we do believe is this, is that Mary was an ordinary woman, but through whom God did the extraordinary. What we know and what I believe about Mary is that Mary had an incredible, an incredible faith and trust and belief in God. I mean, phenomenal in her faith. She was an incredible woman of faith. But she's not to be worshipped. As a matter of fact, I believe in some way that Mary could stand before you tonight. I think Mary would say exactly what she said at that wedding feast when Jesus began his earthly ministry. Do as my son says follow him. So there's this one extreme in which there are those who deify Mary, but then there's this other, as the pendulum swings, there's this other extreme in which there are those who who defame Mary. And again, for 2,000 years, there have been those who said, you know what, Mary was not a virgin. In fact, there have been rumors for nearly 2,000 years that Mary was raped by a Roman soldier all kinds of excuses, all kinds of theories, all kinds of things other than the fact that Mary was a virgin. There are a lot of places that I don't want to be. There are a lot of places that I never never want to be. Let me, let me tell you one of the main places I never want to be. I, I don't ever want to stand before the judgment. To stand before the Lord Jesus himself and he'd stand before me, and he'd look me in my eyes, and, I, and imagine him saying, I heard you've been talking bad about my mama. <laughs> if you don't believe that she was a virgin, then you believe that she was an adulteress. But you can believe this book. Jesus was born miraculously, supernaturally of a virgin. So, what do we see here? We see the promise of Scripture. We see the purity of of, of Mary. And then the third thing is the person of Jesus. I love that in verse number 35. We looked at it a little bit earlier. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And if you have a little pen or a pencil, I want you to circle that word, therefore. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. Holy the Son of God. Because Mary, because Mary said, how how can this this be? How how can this be possible? And the angel says, listen, Mary, what will happen is, is this is of God. This is of God. Therefore, the child that will be born will be called holy. He will be the Son of God. This is crucial. It's so very important. Because when Jesus walked this earth, in order for him to be an adequate substitute for you in the punishment of sin, Jesus must be fully human, fully human. So he was Mary's boy, but he wasn't Joseph's boy, he was God's boy. Because watch this, the blood that flowed through his veins and arteries was not the blood of Joseph, not the blood of Adam, because if he was born of Adam, if he was born of Joseph, then he would have been born with a sin nature, tainted blood. He was fully human. He walked this earth and was tempted in every way that you would be tempted and I would be tempted And he was absolutely sinless because the blood that flowed through his veins and arteries was the blood of God. So he walked this earth fully man, fully human. But when he suffered and he bled on that cross, the blood that spilled out on a little dusty hill of Calvary was the blood of God, absolutely spotless and sinless. You see why it's essential that Jesus was virgin-born. It's in his DNA, the DNA of our Lord Jesus, the purity of Mary, the person of Jesus. Let's think lastly about, and I love this, the power of God, the power of God. Uh, Verse number 37. And so, I love this. I mean, this is a verse that you and I need to memorize. We ought to share with other people. Nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? Now, first of all, why did the angel say to Mary, Mary, nothing will be impossible with God? Well, he's answering her question when she asked, how can this be? How will this be since I am a virgin. And and the angel is, and by the way, I love his answer. As a matter of fact, I think we actually learn more about what the angel did not say than what he did say. Because the angel did not go into great detail explaining to Mary how this was going to happen. He did not go into great detail and into why it was going to happen. What he did was he pointed to the who. And the who was God. Mary, you don't need to know all the how. You don't need to know all of the why. What you need to know is that nothing is impossible with who? God. Now, it is a mystery. I mean, it is miraculous. I mean, mean, listen, I mean, it is biologically impossible. I I get that. Scientifically impossible. Absolutely. It it is both a, a mystery and a miracle. But can I say this to you? It is also a mystery and a miracle of how God would place on Jesus all of the sins of all mankind. I mean, you think about this. The Bible teaches that God took 2,000 years ago on that hill, God took every sin that had ever been committed from the Garden Eden all the way up to that time and then, then forward. Your sin, my sin, our children's sin, our grandchildren's sin, all of the sin that ever would be committed, he brought all of that sin together and he placed it on his son, Jesus. That is a miracle and that is a mystery. It's also a mystery of, uh, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a miracle of how God raised him back to life after being dead three days. It's a mystery, it's a miracle. But here's the takeaway. Are you ready? Here's the takeaway. All things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. That's the takeaway. Listen, I don't know what you're going through in life. I don't know what you're facing. I know that God is able. What this virgin birth, what it teaches us, is that nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is impossible with him. God is able. In fact, I want you to close your Bible, and I want you to look up here. Here's the takeaway. Here's what I want you to walk away with tonight. Here's the message. God is able. Whatever the storm you're going through in your life, hey, God is able. Whatever is happening in your life, maybe physically, maybe you need physical healing. Listen, God is able. He is able. Whatever it is in your life, listen, it may be beyond human hands. It may be scientifically impossible. Here's what I know without a doubt standing before you tonight. He is able. He is able. And if there's a message that we need to communicate this Christmas season, if there's a message that we need to communicate Christmas Eve, If there's something that you maybe need to share with someone when you get home tonight or or maybe call someone when you leave here, remind them God is able. Even when the world says impossible, God is able. Amen? Let's pray together. Let me just pray for us. Worship team's going to come. And and again, I I don't know what that looks like for you. I, I don't know if it's... If it's physical in nature or emotional or spiritual, relational, maybe there's a relationship, financial, he is able. God is able. Nothing is impossible with God. And we need to know that. We we need to trust that. We need to believe that. So let's do this. Let's just take some time. Let's just enter into a time of prayer. Pastor David's going to be here. He's a prayer warrior. He'd love to pray with you, pray for you. It may be that tonight, it's time for you to take your life and trust Him with it. I love that song that we sang before our Bible study. I saw the Lord, and He heard me. I trust Him. I believe in God. He cannot fail. He cannot fail. Do you need to seek the Lord tonight for yourself or for someone else? He is able. And so, Lord, tonight we come before you. And in these next moments, we're going to pray We're going to cry out to you in prayer. We're going to cry out to you in song. We're going to seek you, dear God, and we pray that you hear us. We pray that you hear us. Hear our cries for ourselves or for our friends or for our children. Hear us. We trust you. We believe in you. You cannot fail. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is impossible with you because, God, you are able. Even when those say it is impossible, when they say that it is beyond technology or biology, you are able. So, God, tonight, hear us. Hear us as we cry out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Let's worship together.